This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and I am answering readers' questions. And today I have a question from Grayson. Such a great question. I love the name Grayson. I almost named one of my sons Grayson's. Great name. Uh, hey, Annie Grace or Annie's team. I'm not sure how I can get in direct contact with Annie Grace, but I'd love to hear what she has to say about drinking in college. I love her podcast and how she answers people's questions directly. I am a senior in college. Of course, drinking is at the core of college for most students, and that's been my life since I turned 14. Alcohol has been dominating fun ever since my first sip. It's taken over every interaction with my life, especially after living in Ireland for half of my education. Now here I am in a dark place because of my binge drinking problem. Do you have any specific tips for college-age students on how to rid alcohol from our lives? How to have fun in a setting where everyone else is drinking? How to be happy and curious about the world again? It seems like it would be easier if I just graduated and left the college scene. I tried the drinking challenge, the alcohol experiment, but only lasted seven days. I felt so good, and then I turned to alcohol again. Now I'm back at square one. Thanks for everything you do. You've changed my outlook and my consciousness on drinking already. Take care. Um, such a great question. Such a great question. So I have a lot of thoughts on this. First of all, I know that my experience was a little bit different because my drinking really started after college. Although there was lots of drinking in college, it just, I wasn't drinking that much. So interestingly, there are groups of kids in college that don't drink that much. I was in, in a group of kids that just didn't drink all that much. So I know that my experience was a little bit different in that regard, but my corporate experience was so boozy and it was boozy till like four or five in the morning. I mean, I remember being in, oh gosh, I think it was, it was somewhere in the Middle East. I think it was Dubai and watching the sunrise <laughs> at a bar with colleagues, you know, and that was like a frequent thing that we would pull all nighters in foreign countries. It was literally just the booziest thing I could have imagined. And I could not imagine that I would be not doing it with everybody. I mean, you would be just, nobody wasn't doing it. And if you were, what was that going to mean about you? And I couldn't even conceptualize that. It wasn't until, and I did actually stop drinking in this boozy environment. I remember a few months after I stopped drinking, I went to Brazil. And Brazil is a very, of course, like everywhere, a very boozy place. And I remember one of the people being really upset that I wasn't going to try a Cipriana or their traditional like liquors. And they were like literally actually offended that I was too good for them. And they didn't realize I speak Spanish, not Portuguese, but I speak pretty good Spanish, but I can understand a little Portuguese. And he was telling his friends like, oh my gosh, what? She's just stuck up. She's just too good for us. And it was really intense. And, um, so I totally get it. Like I can so relate to just having so much pressure and not even feeling like things are going to be okay if you don't drink. I mean, I understand that completely. However, I didn't drink. And here's why is because I grabbed onto this belief and it was just about this idea of like the subversive minority. And it was kind of like, if I'm not going to take a stand for this. If I'm not going to change this for myself, then who's going to? And the craziest thing happened is once I decided that I was going to do something different, I had so many people come up and have sidebar conversations with me about, oh my gosh, thank goodness you did that. I'm so glad because I, I thought I was keeping up with you or I just felt like I had to drink in every situation. I was just getting sick of it. I didn't want to drink as much as we were drinking. I didn't want to be out that late. And so me going first, but still showing up. So there's a big difference, I think, between 
abandoning the whole scene, which is totally an option too. You should do whatever works for you. But I couldn't, I was, it was my work scene. I couldn't abandon the whole scene. So I think the magic was in the fact that I stayed rooted and present in the scene and was still showing up and going out. I just wasn't drinking. And I think that was what like opened up again. I was like in this little subversive minority of one at the time, but now that culture where I was working is pretty different because of a lot of people actually changed too. And I, I still get letters in the mail from people who are like, I'm five years now drinking because of your book, because they started to read my book and they knew about me writing the book because they knew me in real life. And I went to, I mean, all sorts of different places, Amsterdam, Paris, France, Brazil, uh, the Middle East, all of these different places without drinking, which was like, I couldn't even ever have believed that was possible. So I, I really get it. But I also think that you can adopt this belief of, you know what, I'm going to be in the subversive minority and I'm going to do something different. And, but I will say, if you made it seven days on the alcohol experiment, there's a really big difference between changing your drinking when you still have all these beliefs that alcohol is fun and it's relaxing and it's going to you know, bring you pleasure and it's important for your social life and all of these things and changing your drinking when all of those beliefs have, have let go of you and you don't believe those things anymore and you've actually changed your mindset. So it's, it's the difference between stopping doing something you still want to do and stopping doing something you don't really want to do anymore. The alcohol experiment is really created for people who are like, yeah, you know, I'm, I feel like I could take a 30 day break. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm interested in that. But when you realize you can't, it's actually not the way I would recommend to change your relationship with alcohol. I would recommend reading this naked mind, which in the very beginning of that book, I say, don't stop drinking now. <laughs> Just read the book. Just go through the book. Keep drinking. Even observe your drinking. Get curious about your drinking. Use it as a like a, a tool, a self-experiment. Does it really make me feel good? Does it really relax me? Does it really help me? You know, all of these things. Get curious, but don't stop trying to, you know, don't don't stop drinking now. Let your mindset shift. Let your belief shift. Let your desire shift. Then let's make a decision around drinking. It's the same with the path, which you can always find at nakedmindpath.com. And that's a program where the P in the path stands for what I call the pause. And that's where you don't stop trying to, you know, stop drinking. <laughs> does that make sense? You don't stop trying to stop. Yes, that does make sense. You don't stop trying to stop drinking. You literally keep drinking and you do two things. You let yourself totally off the hook where you really learn what you're doing and why you're doing it. You learn the neuroscience behind it. You learn the chemical reactions. You learn the things that are keeping you stuck on a physical level, on a chemical level, the reason it's so hard, the reason nothing else feels like fun at all. In fact, nothing else feels worth doing without a drink. You learn why that is and you change your desires by changing your belief and your mindset around alcohol. And only then, and in the path, I think it's like nine or 10 weeks in, do we actually start to change your drinking. And often when you're stuck to the point where you feel like you're stuck, you need that. You need what I call the pause. And again, you can get that in the snake in my book. You can get that at the, in the path at nakedmindpath.com. But both of those things are really important because here's the thing. When we try to stop doing something we want to do, it is really difficult. If we try to stop doing something and then we feel sad for ourselves that we're not doing it, it's super hard to be in that subversive minority I was talking about. It's super hard to come with this like upbeat frame of mind and be happy and into it. I remember being at a jazz club in Brazil and ordering like these fancy like juice drinks. They were just juice. 
Um, but they would put, make them all fancy for me. Everybody thought it was a big joke that I wasn't drinking, but they were like kind of being supportive because my attitude was so light and so fun. I was like, whatever. I don't want that. I want this. This is better. This tastes good. What is your problem? Like I was just making jokes. I was ribbing them right back. I was totally present in the fray, but I wasn't actually drinking, but I was staying out till two or three in the morning, having a lot of fun. Now that might not be everybody's thing, but I could only do that because I wasn't trying to not do something I wanted to do. I had already done the pause. I had already changed my beliefs around alcohol and by changing my beliefs, everything changed. And I was able to show up in my normal way of being as this kind of subversive minority and just feeling quite badass, to be honest with you. I just felt badass for not drinking. So that's one of the things that I would completely recommend. Um, I also wanted to say that this does, okay, how do I say this? This is the tough love part. So forgive me, but I just, I, I care. So I want to, I want to say this correctly. Like, um, we all have the one reason we all do. I can't tell you how many emails I get and it's Annie, you know, I would totally change this if I didn't live alone, but it's just because I live alone and there's no accountability that I can't change this. I got an email and it was from a singer, beautiful woman, incredible voice. And she's like, Annie, I literally, I, I know I believe that my vocal cords do not loosen up until I've had a few shots of tequila. And so I always have to before I get on stage. It will ruin my career. I want to stop drinking, but I can't because it will ruin my career. You know, um, I've had people say that, Annie, like, my marriage will fall apart. Like, I, I believe everything you're saying. I so desperately want to stop. I'm so ready for this to be part of my life. But, like, my marriage has been built on this. Like, it will fall apart. And we all, we all have that one reason. We all have that one thing. For me, it really was my job. Um, I really did believe that, you know, alcohol was the key to networking, to having a good time. I was literally, that's how my drinking story began, was being told really that, you know, I needed to show up at happy hour. And so we, we have that thing that we believe, like, no, this makes it different for me. And here's the thing, is that anyone can get through anything. And this doesn't just get better. It doesn't just get better. If you, um, yes, granted, some people get out of the super social college drinking situation and start drinking less, but most people, it, it, get, it gets worse, not better. And I just wanted to say that because here's the reality. Like we all do have that thing. And so I want you to take that thing, whatever it is for you, obviously for you, it is college and, you know, being in the college environment and feeling like if I just graduated, then it would be better then I could get a handle on this. But maybe for you, it's that loneliness, or maybe you feel like your marriage would fall apart. Maybe you feel like your career would be in jeopardy, whatever it is for you. I want you to take that thing. And I want you to think of this in terms of which problems do you want? And then make a choice with both eyes wide open. So instead of going into it with, oh, but I just can't do it yet because I can't do it till I graduate or I can't do it yet because I can't do it until I have someone in my life and I'm not so lonely or I can't do it yet because I need to work on my marriage first and get it into a healthier perspective or whatever, whatever it is for you. I want you to take that and I want you to, with eyes wide open, instead of just using it as an excuse, say, which problems do I want to have? Let's take the woman who um, she really believed that, you know, the tequila helped her vocal cords. Which problems does she want to have? Does she want to have the problem of having to deal with her nerves and, um, you know, maybe have her voice sound slightly different if that was even a true real thing? Maybe it was and maybe it wasn't. 
does she want to have that problem? Or does she want to have the problems of continuing to drink like she is and getting, you know, deeper into the pitcher plant, deeper into the addictive cycle and continuing to have this like level of self-loathing? Um, you know, do you want to have the problem of maybe feeling like an outsider at some college parties or maybe not going to some college parties or maybe having, you know, your last few months of college be a bit different? Or do you want to have the problem of uh, continuing to black out and wonder what you said or did and just be in this dark place? Like we all can choose which problems we want. And, and sometimes when we have these reasons that we believe so truly, if this thing was only different, I really do want to challenge you to say, okay, just with eyes wide open, 100% honest, and there's no wrong answer, just pick which problems you want. Because both sides have problems. You know, the, the going through the pause and reading and, and changing your mindset around alcohol and then leaving it behind or not, whatever you decided to do, that has problems. Going that way, that has problems. Problem is you might fail. Problem is you might not get it right away. Problem is it might take a few tries. Problem is that whatever. But the other side has problems too. Continuing on the way you're going has problems. So just eyes wide open, take a minute, look at both sides and just decide which, which set of problems do I want? Which set of problems do I want? Because either way, and that's it, we always have problems. We just have to choose which ones. And that I think gives you back the power instead of saying like, oh, just until I graduate or just until I get out of this marriage or just until this thing happens and I'm not so lonely or just until my career is over and I'm no longer needing alcohol to, you know, get my vocal cords, whatever the case is. So such a good question. So impressed already just with your willingness to ask it and show up. And, you know, we need, we need people who are willing to be the subversive minority, but I don't believe you'll be successful at that unless you truly do the work to change your beliefs first, go through that pause, let yourself off the hook for as long as it takes. Maybe it's, maybe it's three months where you just learn, you just learn and you let yourself off the hook, you keep drinking, and then you make a choice with a totally different mindset around alcohol. And then I believe you could be so much more successful. So great question. Thank you so much. And I hope you guys have a great day. Did you miss this Naked Mind Live? Do you maybe have a little bit of FOMO? But don't worry, I've got you covered. In fact, I had the entire event professionally recorded and it's available digitally. Transformation in your living room. Yep, that is what it's all about. You can grab your digital ticket at thisnakedmind.com forward slash digital ticket. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today. Thank you.